episode of Bass Edge Radio. I tell you what, Aaron, it's getting steamy in here. It sure is, Kurt. Fortunately, we can take some time in the AC to kick back and learn a little more bass fishing know-how with some of the best anglers in the world. Bass Edge is presented by MegaWare Keel Guard, the industry's first do-it-yourself keel protector. Drive your boat up on nearly any shoreline while on the water without causing harm to your haul. Other products such as Flex Step and Skeg Guard can also be seen at KeelGuard.com. Kurt, great show is today in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. We have with us the 2014 BASS champion that will be sure to make you a better summertime fisherman. Get ready. Bass Edge Radio is off and running. know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Kurt, I was scrolling through the latest edition of Bass Blaster that is so conveniently dropped off in my email, and I noticed that Missouri is representing my home state, of course, a little distance from where I live, but down in the southeast portion in the big town of Cape Girardeau, Missouri, somebody hooked into a 13 and some change bass using your favorite drop shot bait, chicken liver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Cape Girardeau. It sounds like somewhere in Mexico. Are you sure that's in Missouri? I'm Unbelievable, dude. Maybe that's the deal. Town's got to sound like Mexico to have 13-plus pounders. I'm not sure the deal, but chicken liver? Come on. Now we know the answer to the question. You can no longer ask if bass will eat it. She proved it, and improved it in a big way. And I understand you were on a recent fishing trip to where you got to see a pretty good-sized fish being caught. I did. I was pre-fishing Cayuga Lake for the Elite Series, and they had a New York Federation event. Bass Edge's own, way back, way back, I don't know what episode, but probably in the double digits time frame, so over 80-some episodes ago, one of the Bass Edge alumni, Bill Lortz, fishing the uh, New York BASS Federation event, his co-angler caught an 8 pounder. It was actually 7.99, but Aaron, that's close enough to 8, right? Absolutely close enough to 8, and to put that in perspective, I think it's important to realize what do those fish have, like, 32 days of growing season up there when the ice isn't on? I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, 32 days of growing season, and it probably takes 32 years to get to be an 8 pounder. <laughs> not, not seriously, but uh, I tell you, that was an amazing fish. Really cool to see when a northern bass gets that big, it just looks behemoth, and it was a new New York State B. 
BASS Federation record for the biggest fish weighed in a tournament there. So really awesome to watch. But I tell you what, we've got Mark Niggist on the phone ready to tell us the new info for the Marine Tech Minute brought to you by ProtectTheHarvest.com. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Gentlemen, gentlewomen, start your engines as we have the person who his peers awarded him the checkered flag for simply backing up on the starting line. For this week's <laughs> Tech Minute presented by ProtectTheHarvest.com, we have nationally acclaimed chemist Mark Negist of Lucas Oil Products. Mark, Ned sent us an email but did not include his hometown. But Ned wants to know, you guys have talked a lot about additives and oils for what I assume are newer boats and tow rigs. What about older models? I have a 1989 Ranger with a Mercury 150, still in decent condition. My truck is a 1999 F250 and has a 7.3 power stroke. Does your advice still apply? Take it away, Mark. Uh, yes, the Mercury 150, uh, of course, if that's two-cycle application, which I believe it is, uh, you want to use TCW3 fluids. Previous versions would have been a TCW and TCW2. TCW3 superseded those two previous specifications, so there's no issues there. When you're talking about automotive applications, specifically with the power stroke, you really want to use uh, Lucas Oil synthetic engine oil stabilizer. The reason being is that with the power stroke systems, they're very sensitive to viscosity increase. So by using the synthetic engine oil stabilizer, you're not increasing the viscosity to that great extent. You don't want to use heavy oil stabilizer on power stroke applications. You always want to use synthetic oil stabilizer. Well, Ned, thanks for the question. And it sounds like anything north of a wagon and team of mules, you're in good shape. After all, it's all about maintaining your equipment. More Bass Edge Radio right after this. Two fishermen came together with one agenda to construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish with our boats exhilarating handling and smooth ride extreme rough water just doesn't exist we're not just building a boat we're building a legend legend boats I'm pro angler Ben Parker, and you're dialed in with Fast Edge Radio. Right now, we've got one of the most decorated anglers in BASS history with us today. And earlier this year, he added more hardware to his collection of trophies with another Elite Series win, actually on Aaron's home lake, Table Rock. Mike McClellan, thanks for being with us on the show today. You bet, man. It's always good to get a chance to join you guys here on the show, and it's good to be with you and Aaron today. Well, it's certainly great to have you back, Mike, and a big congrats, as Kurt mentioned, for the big win on The Rock back in April. And though it was back in April, really just a short time ago, 
ago. How long do you ride momentum from a win like that of that caliber? And just how important is that momentum in bass fishing? I think you got to ride it forever. You know? I mean, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but the one thing that I have learned throughout my career being blessed as I have with some wins is the momentum does carry a long way. Confidence is such a big deal in the sport of bass fishing that whenever you do have things going in your favor, you've got to get on top of that wave and ride it as hard as you can ride it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say you're going to win every event that you fish for the next few weeks or the next few months, but it definitely gives you an air of confidence that whenever you hit the water, you know you can win. And every now and then you have to have that win to just keep that momentum going. Yeah, for sure. You know, Aaron posed the question right there and, and talked about an event to event momentum. Do you feel like, too, you know, you could break that down not only in event portion, but a fish for fish momentum as well? How does that work into actually moving into that event to event momentum? There's no doubt about that. I look at so many times on the water that, you know, you go for an hour or two without catching a fish and then all of a sudden you do get that bite. And, you know, whether you're practicing or fishing a tournament event or just, you know, after the weekend enjoying some time with your kids, that momentum has to be carried forward. I mean, whenever fish get active, it's typically not just one that decides to bite. So, you know, when you do catch a fish and things start happening, you've got to get on top of things right then and there and try to roll with it. You know, if you're running a pattern, you've got to run that pattern. You've got to fish everything you can fish within that area of the lake that you're fishing during that period and just go with it. Yeah, I think an important aspect there when you were talking about the weekend angler, momentum from fish to fish, good stuff there. Mike, I want to quickly dive into some major league fishing, Chad. You know, I've been fortunate enough now to compete in two of these styles of events earlier this year, and man, wow, what a freaking adrenaline rush. I mean, it's amazing. Do you think that MLF is becoming a new breed of fishing television, and why do you think that it's becoming popular so quickly? You know, there's no doubt about it, and it's just like you said, and and I think that's the reason the popularity is there. It is an adrenaline rush. I remember the first major league fishing event that I competed in at Lake Amistad, you know, three years ago, and I literally felt like at the end of that day that I had been working out, run a marathon, or done something that I hadn't done in a long time. And it is that adrenaline that is going constantly because you know the score. I mean, we have fished for years and we have never known the score of our game until the day is over. And now when you know the score, it keeps it right there in the front of your mind. You know you're either in front and then you're trying to stay in front or you know you're in the transfer spot and you're trying to maintain that or you know you're dead last and you're doing everything you can possibly do to climb up into that transfer spot. So there is without a doubt probably more adrenaline, more excitement about Major League Fishing right now than, you know, anything that I'm doing. It's definitely that exciting event that I'm looking forward to going after right now. I got to say real quick, too, having that score tracker, the immediate update, do you <laughs> find that that changes your strategy throughout the day of fishing, whereas in a traditional tournament atmosphere, you don't have that ability to understand some strategies of other anglers, where in MLF you can take advantage of some of that information that you're receiving? There's absolutely no doubt about that, because as I mentioned earlier, we've never known what anyone else was doing, unless we've just been fortunate enough to be fishing close enough to someone on the Elite Series, or, you know, whatever other trail you fish. But when you know what's going on, minute by minute, cast by cast, it allows you to start planning at least your next move. I mean, if I'm sitting out there in 25 foot of water, dragging a jig around, and all of a sudden I see the score tracker, and Denny Brower and Tommy Biffle are catching them, you know, the first thing I've got to think is, those guys are power fishermen, more than likely they're up there on the bank, and it definitely gives you that opportunity to adjust quickly or more quickly than what you're able to during a normal 
tournament event. Well, Mike, we've heard it said many times that decision-making is really the heart and the soul to success when bass fishing. How does the weekend warrior or the guy that's fishing uh, in the kayak or from the bank or the float tube, how can they take what you guys are doing out there on the water during major league fishing and apply that to their decision-making so that that helps them have success in their own right? I think the biggest thing that major league fishing hopefully has done is opened up the eyes of the viewer as to how quickly we do make decisions sometimes, how thoroughly we fish an area until we are convinced that you can't get a bite, or how often we do or don't change baits or presentations to try to figure something out. I think there's a lot of misconception from a lot of the weekend anglers that we go at full speed all day long. And even though Major League Fishing is a high-paced event and there are times that you have to cover a lot of water, until you get that first bite, until you get that first indicator of what presentation the fish want or what bait they want to eat that day, you really have to fish an area pretty thoroughly to break it down. We always say, uh, a lot of anglers, it's that one bite that makes the difference. And when you get that one bite on one particular bait or method, then you can make everything happen in a hurry. Mike, has that changed how you approach fishing now that you've been working and competing in this MLF format? Has it changed how you approach a body of water? I definitely feel like it has because it's kind of renewed my ability during tournaments to not be as calculated as I was getting. A perfect example of that is at Lake Nickajack during Bass Fest. Uh, went to the second chance qualifier, never has seen a lake in my life, felt like a major league fishing day to me, ran the whole lake in, you know, an eight-hour day, 49 miles of the lake, fished deep for a few hours, caught a fish or two shallow pretty quick, and basically once I got that bite shallow, made the decision that this is what I need to do, ended up catching a pretty healthy limit of 13 and a half pounds and advanced back into the uh, Bass Fest event. So, yeah, I truly believe that major league fishing experience allowed me to completely change the way I would have approached Nickajack had I not been involved in Major League Fishing. I guess the biggest thing that it's made me realize again is you have got to fish by your gut instincts or by the seat of your pants way more often than most of us anglers allow ourselves to do. That's good stuff right there. Mike, time for the tough questions. Here we are. It's August. We've been fortunate enough to go up north, enjoy the cooler summer, get in some great fishing. But how does an angler that lives in the southern U.S. combat the heat to continue catching a few good fish this time of year? The biggest thing that I have found over the years, and it's like you said, we generally are up north this time of the year fishing. So, you know, we're enjoying fish that are still very active. But when you get out here in, in the Midwest, down in the South, typically what I've learned, and this year may be a little bit different due to the fact that we've had such a hard winter, such a mild spring, the light temperatures really haven't warmed up. So in, in my opinion, July and early August are going to be more like our typical post-spawn period. I mean, the lakes are just now hitting 80 degrees in the Midwest, you know, and it's pretty strange that uh, we're having a year like we are. But typically what I've found this time of year is when these fish want to eat, they want to eat something more worth eating. You know, so bigger baits seem to be a big key. I like to throw, you know, a big football jig with a big trailer. And when I say big football jig, I'm not talking, you know, necessarily the weight of that football jig, but a full skirted football jig with generally a full size zoom brush hog for a trailer or a super speed crawl for a trailer. Something that really bulks the bait up. Big worms, you know, a zoom old monster is a phenomenal bait, you know, even in the 10 inch and the 12 inch models. And when I start talking about these things, I'm wanting that opportunity to catch good fish. If you want to just go out and catch 
numbers of fish get bites, especially if you're trying to, you know, fish with youngsters or the kids when they're out for the summer, you know, then you might have to look at a drop shot, a zoom Z-drop worm, you know, something such as a uh, shaky head, just a finesse worm. And probably one of my favorite methods for this time of year is just dragging a Carolina rig around with a trick worm or a uh, something like a fish talk or a centipede. And typically you'll see your bite numbers go way up. It's just determining where that thermocline is, determining where the majority of the life is in whatever body of water you're fishing, and concentrating on that depth of water to fish. All right, Mike. Great tips. I really like the downsizing tip, you know, especially with the youth this time of year. And I tell you what, we're going to dive into that a little bit more, but it's time for a short break and a few messages from our partners here at Bass Edge Radio. Mike, Aaron, and I will be back in a moment. Stay tuned. The next time you need auto parts and accessories, trust O'Reilly Auto Parts. Our professional parts people know what it takes to get the job done right. Professional technicians have counted on O'Reilly Auto Parts for decades. It's all part of our service commitment to you and what sets us apart. Come see for yourself at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Presented by MegaWare Keelguard returns with BASS Elite Angler Mike McClellan in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Lucas Oil high performance marine products from real oils to two cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Well, just before the break, we had an opportunity to start chatting quickly about some summertime fishing. August seems to be a far cry from the typical summer patterns you find in June and July. We seem to have lots of fish movement in the late summer. Bait fish are suspending, and some good bass can be caught shallow and deep. But it seems, Mike, that you don't catch a lot one way or the other. As far as fish behavior, what's your take on what the fish are doing this time of year? The biggest thing that I've gathered from all the years of fish in the Midwest and other reservoirs down here in the south is you just covered it or mentioned it very, very thoroughly just then is that bait fish typically just get out in the middle of the lake and suspend. And the majority of the fish that I think we're trying to catch are out there in the middle of the lake just following those schools of bait around. You know, my buddy Jeff Creek used to make fun of me. I used to tell him, you know, bass use a school of shad just like cover of any other kind. And he's like, oh, you're crazy. You think those fish are just out there swimming around in the middle of the lake laying under a ball of shad? And yeah, that's exactly what I think they're doing. They lay under the shad for the shade, but they're right there at their buffet when they decide to eat. It's easy, simple living for them. So the thing that, you know, we have to do as anglers is get creative. And with the advancements that all of these companies are making these days with new products, the swim baits and the such real looking plastics and so many various things, we have figured out ways to catch these fish when they're suspended when we didn't used to catch them. The other thing, just like you said, when you get into the heat of the summer, some of our lakes and reservoirs lose their good oxygen levels. And the hotter the lakes get, the shallower the fish tend to go. So don't ever let the dog days of summer keep you from fishing too shallow. I mean, I have caught them on a buzz bait, a square bill, a weight bait, in some of the most blistering conditions that you could ever imagine in the middle of the summer. And, you know, one of the other little tricks that I've learned to pull out of my uh, box this time of year is the jerk bait. You know, when bass are chasing bait, they're susceptible to be caught on that jerk bait about any 
any time of the year. And that new Spro 115 that I utilized at Table Rock to win earlier this spring is a phenomenal bait to catch those fish when they're suspended out there in the middle of the lake. Well, Mike, I know you have a son that likes to fish. And as we discussed, this mentally is not the easiest time of year to catch fish. Yet, you know, like my daughter, 10-year-old Maya, she's out of school. It's a convenient time to get her out on the water. Help not only our listeners, but really help me and share some tips that can assist in some successful fishing with the younger generations during these late summer months? Well, one of the things that I'm definitely going to recommend is for anybody that is a diehard bass fisherman that wants to get their kid involved in fishing, don't try to force them to go catch bass this time of year. I mean, as bad as I hate to say that, you know, take an opportunity every now and then and just let them catch some panfish, some brim off of boat docks. Crappie, you know, tend to still be accessible on some of our lakes, especially at the boat docks, you know, that you're typically fishing around have brush piles. That's one of the biggest things that I always throw out there is don't expect to get a kid hooked on bass fishing by taking them out in summer looking for, you know, a handful of bites a day because that's really not that exciting. If you do start talking about wanting to bass fish, and if you've got a kid that really wants to bass fish and that's where their heart is, a Carolina rig to me is probably the best bait to do that with. And the reason I say that because you as the angler or, you know, controlling the boat, you can really control what depth they're fishing at. A Carolina rig is a bait that you can fish from three or four foot deep all the way out to 25, 30, 35 feet deep, whatever it takes. And that honestly is how I taught my boys to fish early on was just dragging a Carolina rig around behind the boat. And and when I say dragging it around behind the boat, that is exactly what I'm talking about. Turn your trolling motor down to, you know, a relatively slow speed where you're just keeping the boat moving. Throw your bait out basically parallel with the boat and just let them drag that bait behind the boat. The key there is to make sure you've got a heavy enough weight on it to keep that bait on the bottom. And probably the best bait to get it done with is something like a centipede or a fish doctor. All right, man. Well, hopefully, Aaron, That'll help you out and get my own some of those big table rock bass. I'm going to use that uh, for my tournament. (laughs) (laughs) You know it works. I do know. I do know it works. We've all been burnt by the Carolina rig drag. We're up there just casting like frantically trying to hit that brush pile with the crankbait or drag that football Uh jig. And and all of a sudden, the angler in the back just bows up. And you see that five, six, seven pounder start wallowing out the top. And you're like, dang, come it. So we've all seen that and that's very good advice mike i cannot let this interview end of course without bringing up peepaw for those of you that don't know i think this is kind of a new nickname for you is that right mike well you know for some of the group that hasn't you know been around for the last and i shouldn't say hasn't been around but jeff creed actually coined me with that name a few years back it started in kind of just a tight niche little group of people that hung out with us on a regular basis but it has stuck. It has stuck so bad, in fact, that my wife is now considered Mima, and she's not real happy about it. Uh-oh. Uh, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable. I pull in up here at uh, Cabela's Corporate the other day, and uh, Mr. Beckwith, uh, owner of Falcon Rods, that's how he addresses me. Well, Peepaw's here, so it has definitely stuck. Uh, am I that excited about it? Until I have grandkids and I am truly a Peepaw, 
I just roll with it. But, uh, you know, fortunately, my boys haven't decided it's time to make me a, a grandpa or a peepaw. So if people want to call me peepaw, let it be. But one thing about it, this year I am running by far the fastest Stratus 201 I have ever run in my career. So the next time someone sees me running down the lake, just remember, do I really act like a peepaw out there? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome, man. Well, I got to say, you know, the first time I heard it, I was like, man, I'm not sure I get that. And then the more time I spend around Mike McClellan, I'm seeing people come out all the time, man. I think it's great. Well, on that note, let's roll right into the O'Reilly Auto Parts Professionals Parts People listener question. Mike, we give away a $100 gift card from O'Reilly Auto Parts during each episode to a listener that submits a question. We choose to be heard on the show, and here is this episode's question. Michael Gillett from Dunlap, Illinois asks, I fish a decent amount of tournaments with some success, but I find I struggle in tournaments on my local lakes. My issue is the lakes I fish have a slot limit of 12 to 18 inches. I generally catch 20 or so fish, but they all seem to fall in the slot. What can I do to help increase my chances in these tournaments? Well, first of all, congratulations, Michael, for the win of $100. But my suggestion in this deal, and it's very, very simple. If you look at the format that we fish the TTBC under, weigh those slot fish right there on the boat, then everybody that's there gets credit for them, and all of a sudden your weights go just through the roof. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that was an option for you guys because it was incredible fishing that event at Lake Fork earlier this year where we got to weigh all of those slot fish that never generally get to weigh. I mean, when you go out there and catch 30 pounds of bass and you're in like 18th or 20th place, after the first day, you're just like scratching your head thinking, man, how much better can a lake be? But the biggest thing that I have seen in fishing slot lakes, and, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, typically the bigger the bait, the bigger the fish. There's days and times that you have to put down what is allowing you to catch 20 or 30 fish a day and pick something up that may only produce three or four or five bites a day. And that generally is going to be the difference maker of getting over that slot. So when I'm talking about that, you know, instead of throwing a drop shot or a six inch or an eight inch worm, maybe you need to pick up a 10 inch, you know, old monster and throw it. If you've been throwing a finesse type football jig, beef that thing up. Throw a full skirt football jig with a big gnarly trailer on it. And I hope that you're going to see yourself put more quality over the slot limit fish in the boat. Mike, is there any correlation with where you're fishing at in the water column as far as the size of the fish? Or is that more of a day-to-day, moment-to-moment situation depending upon weather, sun, all the other factors? You know, I think it's most definitely a day-to-day deal. Now, there are definitely certain times of the year that it seems like most or nearly all of the, the better fish are schooled up and they're together. But, man, I don't, I can't think of how many times, you know, I've had a good day fishing out 15, 20, 25 foot deep, and you get in at the end of the day, and somebody else that's a shallow water dominating fisherman has caught 20 plus pounds, you know, up there in less than two foot of water. So, in my opinion, you have resident fish and you have migratory fish in every body of water that you fish. There's some fish that always stay shallow, and some of those fish that stay shallow are some of the biggest fish in the lake. 
So there's definitely days that those fish aren't going to cooperate. But if you have the conditions at all, some wind, some cloud cover, something that's breaking the surface of that water or that lake up, you definitely have to look shallow uh, every now and then just to keep things on the honest side, I guess you'd say. Well, there you go, Michael, right from Mike McClellan, BASS elite competitor himself. Hopefully that helps you get above that slot limit. One other thing, though, that I need from you, thanks for sending in your question first off, but be sure to send us an email letting us know that you heard your question answered on the show to redeem your $100 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And it counts and to me if he doesn't, right? Yeah, oh, my goodness. Good that's grief. Like, that's like two in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's becoming a trend. We had Mercer on last month. He said the same thing. He says, hey, man, if he doesn't collect that gift card, uh, how about sliding that thing my way? Hey, I, I think, Aaron, we've got a new concept developing. I like it. We do. We're going to have to put a time limit on it. you got to redeem it like in 15 days or it goes out to our guest. That's right. Bass Edge listeners, keep sending in those questions via our Facebook page, Twitter handle, and, of course, our email, support at BassEdge.com. Always include your name and hometown. Hey, Mike, as always, it's great to have you back on the show today, not only hanging out with Kurt and I, but Bass Edge Nation. Any final words, closing thoughts uh, as you go on about your day? You know, it's just, it's, it's always a pleasure for y'all to invite me on the show. It's been a day or two since I have been on the Bass Edge show. I have figured out that you got to win every now and then to, to get the invitation back here. So hopefully I'll keep that momentum rolling. But, uh, you know, hopefully we can get out on Table Rock one of these days and uh, and beat around on it and see if we can catch a few more of those uh, fish that allowed me to win there at Table Rock. And just uh, looking forward to uh, finishing out the summer and seeing what we can get done, making a, a stronger run toward the end of this remaining Elite Series season and also the Major League Fishing season coming up for me. So... A lot of exciting stuff getting ready to happen. Well, Mike, thanks for being with us again today. Uh, of course, I've enjoyed fishing with you this year and uh, enjoyed your visit here with Bass Edge. Stay with us, Bass Edge Nation. We'll return in a moment. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. Aaron, great having Mike McClellan back on the show. He is the epitome of the consummate professional, you know, in this community. Pro anglers all over the place doing a great job. Mike, one of the very best. Happy to have him back on Bass Edge Radio, making us all better anglers. No question, Bass Edge alumni, always nice to catch back up with them. Certainly, Mike raises the bar, as you so kindly put it. Kurt, I hate to tell you, I've got to go buy school supplies. Hard to believe, my start school in 10 days. I've got to try and do that, get a vacation in a little R&R before we ramp up into the normalcy of life. Hopefully, all of our listeners get the opportunity to do the same, get a little time out on the water in these hot, steamy conditions. This is episode number 189 in the books. For Kurt Dove and the rest of the Bass Edge crew, I am Aaron Martin. So long, everybody. We'll see you next episode, August 15th. 
You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard Keel Protectors. The Edge is presented by Keel Guard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil Products, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.